right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or, if you'd rather send an email, that address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Want to get something off your chest? You can call our vent line at 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments and we might use your call on the broadcast. The vent line again is 772-245-0750. Thank the Lord. We're told that uh, yesterday was the last day of these hearings in Adam Schiff's uh, intelligence committee that has become this uh, cover-up impeachment operation where the Democrats are calling uh, all of these hearsay witnesses that testify that someone told someone else that he heard that someone said to somebody else. It's just been tedious. And the, uh, the television ratings have just fallen through the floor. And I have to admit to you that my ratings on this show have dropped off. And that's because people have had enough of this. And, uh, and so I'm going to bring you one more day of it. And then uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get a break uh, up until the, uh, the impeachment vote on the floor of the House takes place, which will undoubtedly pass, but we will be treated to, uh, you know, days of pontificating from the uh, representatives on why they're voting for or against impeachment. It, it will undoubtedly pass. That was a foregone conclusion. And I say it's the last day of these hearings in the Intelligence Committee. Uh, that's probably the case, but yesterday uh, Devin Nunes uh, dropped a bomb at the end of Adam Schiff's hearings where he uh, pointed to a committee rule that uh, must allow Republicans one day to call witnesses a, a so- so-called minority day of hearings. Now, I have no doubt that Adam Schiff will refuse uh, to comply with this rule. He'll, he'll violate the rules like he has been all of the others and all of the standards, just a very base minimum standards of due process. But um, Nunes called for it. And uh, it will be an illustration of how Nunez is, uh, I mean, how Schiff is running roughshod over this. And uh, when he denies the Republicans their, their day. But last night, the Democrats convened at a, uh, a bar in D.C. where they had a big impeachment party. You know, we're told again and again, I'm not going to play you the clip uh, because it goes on and on, and we've got a lot to get to today, but uh, they, they have to be solemn and prayerful that they didn't come to Washington to do an impeachment, that this is uh, this is a highest gravity, and they, they take their oath solemnly, and they're prayerful, and they pray for the president. What a bunch of uh, stuff. They were at the D.C. party last night celebrating that, uh, you know, they've been able to gin up an impeachment effort despite all of the facts 
And, of course, they're able to do that because they've got the complicity of the mainstream media, you know, uh, putting forward their talking points every day. And uh, over at CNN, old Max Boot was very excited that, uh, that the Democrats seem to have worked up a case for impeachment. To pull away from the politics, although the politics is important, and let's not lose sight of the right and wrong. And after the conclusion of these impeachment hearings, I don't see any way that any kind of fair-minded, neutral, open-minded observer can possibly doubt that Donald Trump was in fact guilty of trying to extort Ukraine into helping him politically and withholding USA to do that. There is no way to reach any other conclusion no based way. on these hearings. No way to reach any other conclusion, says uh, probably the dumbest person in Washington, D.C., Max Boot, the guy that was uh, in instrumental in talking us into this bogus war in Iraq. Well, he has now repurposed himself as a CNN talking head, uh, banging the drum for impeachment of the president of the United States based off a bunch of hearsay from a bus bunch of gossipy uh, State Department diplomats ignoring entirely um the the most definitive statement that came out of these hearings during this last oh how many days is it it's i lost track two weeks this is the this the questioning from the uh representative from ohio i can't remember his name to, to uh ambassador sondland that max boot says that we can't ignore, we have to impeach. Okay, well, you know, after you testified, Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the President of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says, Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly Congressman, I was presuming. I also said that President Trump. So no one told you, not just the president. Giuliani didn't tell you. Mulvaney didn't tell you. Nobody. Pompeo didn't tell you. Nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So, you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations. Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. That's, that's what they call in the media business the money quote. You can, you can brush aside all of these Star Chamber hearings. You can brush aside all of these uh, hearings in the House Intelligence Committee for the last two weeks. You've got it right there from the horse's mouth that the president never... Uh, conditioned a meeting at the White House or military aid on anything. It was Sondland's presumption. Not only did Trump never tell him that, Giuliani never told him that. The the uh, special envoy, Volker, never told him that. It was all a presumption on behalf 
of Ambassador Sondland. Can we move on now? After hearing uh, that testimony, of course, you remember Trump came out in one of his uh, headed to the helicopter impromptu news conferences and uh, hammered the point home. Uh, I'm going to go very quickly, just a quick comment on what's going on in terms of testimony with Ambassador Sondland. And I just noticed one thing, and I would say that means it's all over. What do you want from Ukraine? So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Then he says, this is the final word from the president of the United States. I want nothing. So the best evidence that came out of these hearings, and and I I think that probably when this gets to the floor of the House, there's going to be some Democrats that break ranks because you can see where this is headed once it gets to the trial in the Senate. They're going to they're going to hammer the Democrats with that statement from Sondland that no one ever told him that there was a quid pro quo or a bribery or extortion that he was presuming that all of these things were conditioned. But nobody ever told him that. And, you know, Sondland has testified before we were drugged for the last two weeks through these public hearings, told Adam Schiff's star chamber that in these um, these private depositions we could have been spared all of this the nation did not have to be put through this very divisive process the democrats could have actually gotten some business done in the house of representatives instead of fixating entirely on impeachment and done some things that would have benefited uh, the nation and the american people but no they they have to go through this and and nancy pelosi after insisting for, oh, well, ever since the Democrats, uh, you know, embarked on this impeachment effort, which is to say as soon as, well, even before Donald Trump took office, but but at least since the Democrats, you know, regained the House majority that, oh, you know, they can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We are moving positively in terms of uh, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. I do believe that if we can get this to the place it needs to be, which is imminent, uh, that this can be a template. Well, apparently they can't walk and chew gum at the same time because now Nancy Pelosi is admitting that uh, they're not going to move this forward. Um, I'm not even sure if we came to an agreement today that it would be enough time to finish. So you've got a renegotiation of the NAFTA agreement, which has been an absolute disaster for working people in this country, ship their jobs south of the border, cut their wages uh, because, you know, of the competition. Donald Trump comes in. One of his main objectives is to, uh, to you know, renegotiate this. Comes to a successful renegotiation because the, the existing NAFTA agreement is so one-sided and unfair to Americans. Nancy Pelosi comes into office and can't even take it up because they're locked in on impeachment. It's really disgusting what the Democrats are up to. And, and I, I wonder if they realize 
what an effective communications operation this president has. Nancy Pelosi is going to be the first, not only the first female Speaker of the House, but the first Speaker of the House to lose her majority not once but twice because um, the Trump re-election campaign and Trump already proved he has coattails uh, when he was elected in 2016, is just going to hammer the Democrats for not getting anything done once they were given the House majority back. So we're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to get on to some of the testimony of Fiona Hill and this um, this guy that works down in the bowels of the Ukrainian, the American embassy in Ukraine, uh, homes. And, uh, if you'll stick with us, we'll, uh, we'll mercifully wrap up this, uh, this impeachment sham in the house of intelligence. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So the star witness yesterday was this uh, English-born and raised Fiona Hill who didn't become an American citizen until she was in her 40s. And, you know, I was just struck uh, by listening to her insufferable um, aristocratic English accent. How many of these uh, witnesses that are, you know, are in these key positions in our State Department are foreign-born? Now I'm, you know, I'm all for immigration uh, if it's legal to this country. But it is striking. You you can't help but notice. You know, you you had Ambassador Yanovich, Yovanovich, our ambassador to the Ukraine, born in the Ukraine. You had Vindman. The guy that was in charge of our um, coordinating, he says, in his mind, he's actually in charge of our Ukraine policy because when the president, you know, tried to impose uh, something that Vindman didn't like, Vindman uh, tried to undermine him and ultimately started this impeachment effort. And now you've got this um, Fiona Hill, absolutely insufferable. You just thought that uh, Alexander Vindman, Mr. Vindman, I like to call him, was a drama queen. This uh, Fiona Hill, at one point during her testimony yesterday, she got off on this uh, story about when she was an 11-year-old girl in England and some some mean schoolboy set her pigtails on fire. I guess that would <laughs> scar a young lady, especially of the, of the delicate sensibilities of uh, Miss Fiona Hill. When she was testifying, you know, going into her drama queen um, act, it couldn't help occur to me that she would be better suited as a 
uh, a Victorian romance novelist. I mean, it sounded like something right out right out of Jane Eyre, the intrigue and gossip that went on in the embassy there in Ukraine. But she, she told this story about how, when she was 11 years old, a, a, a schoolboy set her pigtails on fire, which <laughs> pretty pretty awful story, but not sure you ought to be telling it, you know, in your 50s in, in the uh, House uh, Impeachment Committee. Then she complained that her mother gave her a bowl haircut and she had to take her um, her school photographs looking like Hint- Richard III, she said. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was something, her testimony sounded something like you might hear out of a, a Jane Austen novel. This, uh, this woman... If you know anything about her, been keeping up with this, you know that she was knee-deep in the Soros-funded nonprofits that uh, helped um, kick-start kick the coup in the Ukraine in 2015. She, um, she knew Christopher Steele and Joseph Mifsud, and in fact, at one point, she even got an advanced copy of uh, Steele's dossier when she was employed at the the far-left Brookings Institution. You know anybody that comes out of the Brookings Institution is uh, is one of these uh, globalist <clears throat> people that don't believe in borders, that uh, trying to mold the world in this globalist George Soros vision of, um, you know, a, 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 a sort of a Marxist um, model. But I digress. Uh, let's start this with uh, uh, Devin Nunez's opening statement, which is always worth listening to and, uh, and puts the day's events in perspective. Thank you. Throughout these bizarre hearings, the Democrats have struggled to make the case that President Trump committed some impeachable offense on his phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. The offense itself changes depending on the day, ranging from quid pro quo to extortion to bribery to obstruction of justice, then back to quid pro quo. quo. It's clear why the Democrats have been forced onto this carousel of accusations. President Trump had good reason to be wary of Ukrainian election meddling against his campaign and of widespread corruption in that country. President Zelensky, who didn't even know aid to Ukraine had been paused at the time of the call, has repeatedly said there was nothing wrong with the conversation. The aid was resumed without the Ukrainians taking the actions they were supposedly being coerced into doing. Aid to Ukraine under President Trump has been much more robust than it was under President Obama, thanks to the provision of Javelin anti-tank weapons. As numerous witnesses have testified, temporary holds on foreign aid occur fairly frequently for different, many different reasons. So how do we have an impeachable offense here when there's no actual misdeed and no one even claiming to be a victim? Because the Democrats insist there's going to be an impeachment, facts be damned. But after um, Nunez's opening, well, I guess I first need to say that, no, I'll just go on to, to after Nunez's opening, Fiona Hill uh, took exception uh, to the fact that 
uh, Nunez pointed out this wrongdoing in the Ukraine and uh, and started in with this this red herring argument that either the Russians meddled or the Ukraine meddled, but both of them could not have meddled. This relates to the second thing I want to communicate. Based on questions and statements... Check out this accent, this frozen lockjaw um, through your teeth British aristocrat accent. Now, the odd thing about it is she is the, the daughter of a coal miner and a school teacher, and yet she has uh, adopted the uh, the affectation, the speech mannerisms of the queen. This relates to the second thing I want to communicate. Based on questions and statements I have heard, some of you on this committee appear to believe that Russia and its security services did not conduct a campaign against our country, and that perhaps, somehow, for some reason, Ukraine did. This is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. The unfortunate truth is that Russia was the foreign power that systematically attacked our democratic institutions in 2016. The foreign power, she says. So it it has to be either or in this telling. You're not allowed to mention Biden. You're not allowed to mention Ukraine meddling in the the election. If you do, they'll say that you're denying Russia interfered. I, in fact, believe that Russia did interfere in a very minor way in the way that – uh, Russia and the United States have been interfering in each other's elections and internal affairs for going on a hundred years now. But uh, Nunez was having none of that. I'd also like to take a quick moment on an assertion Miss Hill made in the statement that she submitted to this committee, in which she claimed that some committee members deny that Russia meddled in the 2016 election. As I noted in my opening statement on Wednesday. That in March 2018, Intelligence Committee Republicans published the results of a year-long investigation into Russian meddling. The 240-page report analyzed 2016 Russian meddling campaign, the U.S. government reaction to it, Russian campaigns in other countries, and provided specific recommendations to improve American election security. I'm going to ask my staff to hand these reports to our two witnesses today just so they can have a recollection of their memory. As America may or may not know, Democrats refused to sign on to the Republican report. Instead, they decided to adopt minority views filled with collusion conspiracy theories. Needless to say, it is entirely possible for two separate nations to engage in election meddling at the same time, and Republicans believe we should take meddling seriously by all foreign countries, regardless of which campaign is the target. I'd like to submit for the record a copy of our report titled Report on Russian Active Measures. You know, it was really a tell when Fiona Hill tried to push forward this narrative that it has to be either Russia or Ukraine. And uh, she went on in her testimony to attack John Solomon, who has uh, who has exposed the Democrats' uh, collusion with the Ukraine to try to smear Trump. And she uh, she attacked John Solomon. You know, said that it was all a bunch of conspiracy theories, despite the fact that John Solomon's reporting was all based on documents, government documents, emails, personal interviews. 
John Solomon was having none of it. He, uh, he tweeted out, how dare she uh, question my patriotism and uh, compare her to Joseph McCarthy. we got to run out to a break. We'll, uh, we'll take up a little bit more of this when we get back. And we'll hear from um, this other despicable character, Holmes, right after these messages right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First perspective. So Fiona Hill, formerly of the Brookings Institution, aligned herself with George Soros think tanks over in the Ukraine that helped engineer a coup that overturned the duly elected government over there in 2016, used her time before the committee to attack John Solomon's reporting that consisted of of personal interviews, government documents and emails, and all sorts of uh, solid reporting, good enough to appear in major publications like the Politico and the Hill and the New York, New York Times. She was there to uh, to you know say that this is all conspiracy theories and to uh, to question John Solomon's patriotism and um, and basically um, you know forward this public relations campaign. That anybody that thinks that uh, the Ukraine coordinated with uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democrat National Committee against Donald Trump in 2016 is a conspiracy theorist. Now, never mind the fact that the the Ukrainian ambassador in Washington, D.C. published an article attacking Trump in the New York, an article, an op-ed in the New York Times attacking Trump. And that um, high-ranking government officials in the Ukraine were declaring that they they supported Hillary Clinton, and uh, and that uh, the, the American embassy or the Ukrainian embassy in D.C. was uh, coordinating with Alexandra Chalupa with 
the Democrat National Committee in order to get, or I should say manufacture, smears against Donald Trump. And that's how you know that Donald Trump has done a terrible job at, at picking personnel. You know, all of these um, these diplomats have their panties in a twist because Donald Trump fired uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch and a lot of the testimony yesterday, including this David Holmes opening statement, went on for 40 minutes, was just uh, crying about, you know, how they had Donald Trump had fired Yovanovitch. Never mind the fact that when Obama came into office, he fired every single ambassador, American ambassador, all of them. That's actually what Donald Trump should have done, especially considering that he was an outsider coming in trying to drain the swamp. But easily, this president's biggest failure has been the awful job he's done with personnel because in a government as large as the United States, personnel is policy. If you don't have people up there that support your agenda and are going to move it forward, especially when you've got holdovers from the other party, you know that your policy is not going anywhere. And it's really kind of a miracle that, um, you know, you haven't had more of these State Department personnels uh, trying to throw in with this uh, this coup effort. I guess it's because they all believed that Robert Mueller was going to, you know, do the job and, and frame Trump. But uh, this this next witness, David Holmes, he gave an opening statement that went on for 40 minutes. Now, this guy's whole reason they called him up there is because he's said to have overheard Trump talking on a cell phone with uh, Ambassador Gordon Sondland at a restaurant. So he gets up there and just bangs on for 40 minutes about his his history and his dedication and how important he is and how poor Miss Jovanovic has been wronged. And he said that she said that somebody told him that uh, I heard from secondhand information it was just tedious as hell. And here is the, I'm not going to uh, bore you with any clips from his opening statement, but here's the, the part of it where he describes this conversation between Trump and Sonderland that uh, is the meat of his testimony. Well, Ambassador Sondland's phone was not on speakerphone. I could hear the president's voice through the earpiece of the phone. The president's voice was loud and recognizable. And Ambassador Sondland held the phone away from his ear for a period of time, presumably because of the loud volume. I heard Ambassador Sondland greet the president and explain he was calling from Kiev. I heard President Trump then clarify that Ambassador Sondland was in Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland replied, yes, he was in Ukraine, and went on to state, the President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass. I then heard President Trump ask, so he's going to do the investigation. Ambassador Sondland replied that he's going to do it, adding that President Zelensky will do anything you ask him to do. Even though I did not take notes of these statements, I had a clear recollection that these statements were made. I believe that my colleagues who were sitting at the table also knew that Ambassador Sondland was speaking with the President. 
The conversation then shifted to Ambassador Sondland's efforts on behalf of the president to assist a rapper who was jailed in Sweden. And I can only hear Ambassador Sondland's side of uh, the conversation. Ambassador Sondland told the president... So this guy says, oh, he could hear the president discussing Sondland with this this part that covered the investigation, but he, he wasn't able to hear anything else. He was only able to hear that part of it that supports the Democrats' impeachment narrative. And it's worth taking note there that he says that he overheard the part of the phone call where the president said investigations, because later on in a clip you're going to be hearing, he's going to claim that that he overheard Trump talking about investigation into Biden. So his his, uh, testimony morphs there to be more... um, to be more uh, condemning of this phone call was <laughs> a funny little aside came out. Uh, Trump actually tweeted out, you know, I, I have tried to listen to people's cell phone conversations in the past and never have I been able to hear uh, the party on the other end of a cell phone if they're not on speakerphone. So old Fredo over there at CNN um, Chris Como, Fredo, um, tried to demonstrate that the president was wrong right there on CNN's air, and uh, Fredo had a major fail. Ambassador Sondland's phone was not on speakerphone. I could- wrong clip. Let me get it right. Um, hmm. Let me see if this is it. Hear the president's voice through the earpiece of the phone. And he's never been able to hear a phone. Okay, I'm going to start this clip over again because I uh, I stepped on the uh, the lead there, but um, this is uh, Fredo over there at CNN trying to demonstrate that the president is wrong. Ambassador Sondland's phone was not on speakerphone. I could hear the president's voice through the earpiece of the phone, and he's never been able to hear a phone call um, when it wasn't on speakerphone um, from anybody. So let's just play with that for a second. Mom, can you hear me? Mom, can you hear me? Mom, can you hear me? All right. So if I were holding the phone here, I'm with Dana Bash. You know how you're always telling me to let her talk because she's so smart and I shouldn't say so much. Can you just say hello? Nothing. Mom, mom, mom. She probably can't hear me. She probably can't hear me. Mom, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. When you talk to me, I hear you. I'm talking to you. Say hello to Dana Bash. Hi, Mrs. Cuomo. How are you? Oh. All right. So <laughs> I, I can't hear your mother, Chris. So just, just You're over there. Major fail right there on the air on CNN. I bet old Jeff Zucker up in the control room was throwing a fit. Fredo fails. Tried to demonstrate that Trump was wrong. And wah, wah, ended up supporting the president's argument. I got a big uh, deal for you. Over at redstatetrading.com, the clothing and home goods uh, site for patriots, you can get 10% off your first order when you uh, when you use the promo code DAWS10. That's D-A-W-S-10 to get your Patriot-branded shirts, mugs, hoodies, home decor hats, and even ladies' undies. You can get conservative-branded and libertarian-themed products including Build the Wall, Don't Tread on Me, Trump 2020. All the stuff you need as we go into this uh, election season. 
and 10% of all the profits from your purchase will be donated to the American Legion. You can find them online at redstatetrading.com or go to their site on Twitter at Red State Trading. That's at Red State Trading. They're on Facebook too at Red State Trading Company. Go over there and get your 10% discount on all of your clothing and home goods for Patriots. So, uh, <laughs> I always have to play these long clips from Jim Jordan because it is just glorious to hear this wrestling coach outdo all of these, uh, these many, uh, you know, highly educated lawyers, uh, on the Democrat side. And he took out after, after, uh, David Holmes and just, um, just trashed his whole narrative. Mr. Holmes, uh, why didn't your boss talk about it? What's that, sir? Why didn't your boss bring up the call that you overheard? The reason you're here today. I mean, you're their closing witness, yet their star witness, their first witness, Ambassador Taylor, didn't even bring it up. And when we deposed you, you said this was extremely distinctive experience, one of the most remarkable events of my life. You described it like this. You said, after the call happens, I immediately told Deputy Chief of Mission and others at the embassy about the call. Then you said you went on vacation. You told several friends and family about the call. Then you come back on August 6th and you tell Ambassador Taylor about the call. And then in your deposition statement, you said in your statement today as well, I repeatedly referred to the call in meetings and conversations where the issue of the president's interest in Ukraine was relevant. I repeatedly referred to the call in meetings and conversations where the issue of the president's interest in Ukraine was relevant. That sounds like government speak for you told everybody. Yet their star witness, their first witness, Ambassador Taylor, when he came here, he related 13 different conversations he had between July 18th when the aid is frozen, September 11th when it's released. 13 different conversations, never once mentioning this call. July 19th, Dr. Hill, Colonel Vindman. This call was actually not brought forward until it was clear that uh, Taylor really didn't have much to go on. And so right there in the hearings, Taylor announced that, um, that this guy, David Holmes, had popped up and said that he heard uh, heard it straight from the horse's mouth. And in his opening statement, he says that uh, Trump mentioned investigations, and later on in his response, he, uh, he claimed that it was Biden investigations, not just investigations, but Biden investigations. Trump has got uh, people working over there in the Ukrainian embassy that are after helping engineer a coup in the Ukraine, trying to engineer a coup right here in the United States. Back to this clip from Jordan. September 11th, when it's released, 13 different conversations, never once mentioning this call. July 19th, Dr. Hill and Colonel Vindman told Taylor what Sondland told them. July 19th, Sondland told Taylor about the upcoming Trump-Zelensky call. July 20th, Sondland told Taylor what Sondland told Zelensky to tell Trump. July 20th, Daniel Look tells Taylor what Zelensky told Daniel Look. July 28th, Morrison tells Taylor what happened on the Trump-Zelensky call. August 16th, Volker tells Taylor what Yarmack told Volker. August 21st, Breckbull talks to Taylor. August 22nd, Morrison talks to Taylor. August 29th, Yarmack talks to Taylor. September 1st, Morrison tells Taylor what Sondland told Morrison about what Yarmack told Sondland. September 2nd, Morrison tells Taylor what Daniluk told Morrison. September 7th, Morrison tells Taylor what Sondland told Trump. And September 8th, Sondland tells Taylor what Trump told Sondland. Nowhere. Nowhere is there is there a Holmes tells Taylor what the President of the United States told Sondland. 
may answer that question. Conversations. Yeah, I'll get to you. I'll, I'll give you a chance here in a Thank second. You. But 13 conversations, 13 conversations from their star witness. You're their closing witness. And he can't remember a call from a guy he works with every single day. Why? So they bring this guy in to claim that he heard Trump over a cell phone that wasn't on speaker, but he could hear it through the receiver because Trump talks so loud. And apparently all of these, uh, this, these armies of diplomats we have over in these far flung embassies, uh, their job is apparently to go around telling each other what someone else told them that someone else said that they heard from another source. They're apparently paid to, to gossip as near as I can tell and engage in endless, you know, parades of hearsay. And then, uh, uh, Jordan went on to really hammer Holmes on the issue and Schiff didn't like it one little bit. Maybe it was the transcript. The call happened on the July 25th. That's four months ago. The transcript's been out for two months. Maybe the ambassador thought this is, this is nothing new here, but Shazam last week, you come forward with supposedly this new information, there is nothing different in there than what we had on the transcript. Maybe that's the reason their star witness, their first witness didn't bring it up, but they had to have something. So you're their closing witness because you overheard you overheard the president talking to Ambassador Sondland. Sir, if I could answer, I see four seconds left on the clock. Um, I believe Mr. that... Mr. Holmes, you may take as long as you need. Thank you, sir. I believe that Ambassador Taylor did already know when I briefed him when I returned from vacation on the 6th. He, it was not news to him that the president was pressing for a Biden investigation. That's not what I asked. I asked why he didn't share with us. Do you hear what he just did there? He morphed this into a Biden investigation. Now, he didn't hear anything on that call that mentioned the word Biden. At least he didn't uh, highlight that in his opening statement. But now he's he's trying to expand the uh, incriminating nature of this call. Vacation on the 6th. He, it was not news to him that the president was pressing for a Biden investigation. That's not what I asked. I asked why he didn't share with us. Mr. Well, Jordan, Mr. Jordan, please it, do not interrupt the witness any further. Uh, Mr. Holmes, this, this is exactly Mr. Jordan's my... time has expired, but yours is not. Okay, thank you, You may sir. answer the question. <laughs> uh, it's exactly my point. Um, I briefed the call in detail of the deputy chief of mission, went away for a week, come back, I refer to the call, and everyone is nodding. Of course that's what's going on. Of course the president is pressing for a Biden investigation before he'll do these things the Ukrainians want. There was nodding agreement. So did I go through every single word in the call? No, because everyone by that point agreed. It was obvious what the president was pressing for. And Ambassador Taylor, as you've just outlined, had all those other interactions. With but he didn't share it with us. Mr. Jordan, please do not interrupt. But sir, sir, then, <laughs> that, but, but sir, my vivid recollection of an event I was involved with was a touchstone experience touchstone. that to me, validated and what, what, sir, Jordan, could, please what, what we believed. And Ambassador Taylor was not in that call. And so he all was, of a sudden, last week, Mr. you got to come Mr. tell Jordan, us, right? Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, will allow the witness to answer the question. I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. Thank you. He was involved in a number of other interactions, as you've outlined, that brought him to the same conclusion. It is quite possible that that... He doesn't share the Mr. one that Mr. the guy Jordan, he Mr. Jordan, he doesn't share Mr. Jordan, you may not like the witness's answer, but we no, will I, hear I, it. There wasn't an answer. Mr. Jordan, we will hear the witness's answer. Have you concluded, Mr. No, there wasn't an answer. There there wasn't any reason for this guy to be there except to claim that he heard 
Trump over the receiver of a cell phone at a table in a busy restaurant so that they could try to tie it directly out of the president's mouth. That's what it was all about. And then old Fredo goes on CNN and tries to recreate it on a perfectly silent, soundproof stage on CNN (laughs) and shows it can't happen. Or at least it couldn't happen in, in Fredo's reenactment. Man, this guy, David Holmes, was a real douche. Had nothing to offer. Goes on with this 40-minute opening statement. Declaring how wonderful uh, he and the diplomats are and how poor Miss Jovanovic got uh, um, mistreated. Added nothing whatsoever to the testimony. But it appears that uh, O. Ahab Schiff has got his great white whale. Uh, they've got enough hearsay and speculation and, uh, you know, third and fourth hand information that they're going to take it to the floor and the Democrats are all going to fall in line about behind Nancy and vote to send this over to the Senate for a trial. The president was treating, uh, tweeting out yesterday that he looks forward to it and he wants to call um, the whistleblower which he is perfectly entitled to do in his own defense. He wants to call Hunter Biden and Adam Schiff. Question Hunter Biden about what exactly he did for this $3 million, which is looking, according to a, a, a new Burisma indictment, to be more like $16 million. What he did for all of that money, which was basically influence peddling on behalf of his vice president, father and going to call Adam Schiff to talk about his and his staff's coordination with the whistleblower. But I would, uh, I'd just like to encourage old Mitch McConnell to, uh, to, to give the Democrats the same rules that the Democrats gave the Republicans in the house. Don't allow the Democrats to call their witnesses, strike them from, from the list entirely. Only let the GOP call witnesses limit what questions the Democrats can ask and interrupt if they uh, stray into any areas that, uh, that is incriminating against the president. We should have the exact same treatment of the Democrats in the Senate that the, that the Democrats gave the GOP in the House. Turnabout is fair play. And, uh, and I also think that Mitch McConnell should drag these thi- these, uh, this trial out as long as possible. There are, I think there's six different senators running for the Democrat nomination. Warren, Klobuchar, um, Booker, Harris. Oh, I can't even keep track of all of them. There's a couple more in there. Uh, uh, Bernie, there's five. There's one more. Somebody send me an email or a tweet and let me know which, which one I'm missing. But he should keep them off the campaign trail as long as possible. Make them sit there day after day in that, um, in that trial in the Senate and, uh, and let old um, Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg have the field when they're, uh, when they're uh, getting ready for the primaries in South Carolina and Nevada. <laughs> maybe give them a leg up because either one of those uh, candidates would be a disaster for the Democrats. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure 
any of their candidates would not be a disaster for the Democrats. Polling has already shown that uh, any support for impeachment has absolutely fallen off the table. And it's, uh, it's helping Trump. Trump's approval ratings are improving. They're going up. And uh, he is now beating all of, after previous bogus reporting that uh, overweights Democrats uh, that showed that all of the Democratic candidates would beat Trump. Now, in the upper Midwest, it shows that none of the Democrat presidents, uh, presidential candidates would beat Trump. And the president's campaign is having great fun with this. They are now printing T-shirts and mugs with um, pencil neck Adam Schiff's image on it, uh, calling it Bull Schiff. And that's exactly what it is, is a bunch of Bull Schiff. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, I'll, I've got an update on um, these indictments against Burisma that's going to drag Hunter Biden right into this. Stick with us. We'll be right back. If you have thyroid eye disease and you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. So the numbers are now in and the uh, the. The ratings for the fourth Democrat debate that was held there in Atlanta were abysmal. Nobody's interested in watching these uh, this clown car debate up there. For one thing, uh, apparently they all agree with each other. The only the only person up there on the stage that uh, has anything interesting or uh, out of you know the accepted uh, Democrat narrative is uh, is Tulsi Gabbard, and anytime she strays from the official talking points of the Democrat National Committee, they jump all over her. Uh, she she, um, she pointed out that the, the Democrat Party is not the Democrat Party of old, that they've been taken over by special interests, including uh, the, the war party and the military-industrial complex. Our Democratic Party, unfortunately, is not the party that is of, by, and for the people. It's a par- it is a party that has been and continues to be influenced by the foreign policy establishment in Washington, represented by Hillary Clinton and others' foreign policy, by the military-industrial complex and other greedy corporate interests. Um, I- and then, uh, of course, Kamala Harris. She jumped up. She's uh, she's heavily funded by the moneyed interests, and she's there to protect their globalist agenda. So she um, she took her turn at trying to smear Tulsi Gabbard. I think that um, it, it's unfortunate that we have someone on the stage who is attempting to be the Democratic nominee for president of the United States, who during the Obama administration spent four years full time on Fox News criticizing President Obama. That's who ridiculous. Has spent full time, That's who ridiculous. has spent full time criticizing people on this stage as affiliated with the Democratic Party. When Donald Trump was elected, not even sworn in, buddied up to Steve Bannon to get a meeting with Donald Trump in the Trump Tower, 
fails to call a war criminal by what he is as a war criminal, and then spends full time during the course of this campaign, again, criticizing the Democratic Party. So she's not allowed to criticize the Democrat Party, and she's not allowed to go on Fox News. She was on Fox News making the case for the Democrat Party. Kamala Harris totally misrepresented that. Tulsi Gabbard is an old-style liberal who believes in uh, foreign policy and the national interest and tried to get us out of uh, an increased widening war in Syria, has served her country in combat zone as a uh, a field medic, and... uh, you know, she's she's the last Democrat on that stage that has not completely capitulated to this far-left agenda that is, uh, has taken over the Democrat Party. You got old Joe Biden that, you know, tries to um, throw a sop to the moderates every now and then. But uh, his, his performance um, on Wednesday night was disastrous. <laughs> you got David Axelrod over there on CNN saying he he um, Mr. Magooed his way through the debate, and that's exactly. I mean, I, I haven't heard a better definition of it or a, a description of it yet. That's exactly what Joe Biden has become as Mr. Magoo. So, if we can get uh, Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg. To be the nominee, actually, all of these candidates are eminently beatable, and especially now that uh, Adam Schiff is going to drag us through this impeachment trial in the Senate. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again Monday. Uh, By the way, I'm going to be traveling for Thanksgiving, so we'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.